0: And just kept going, but as I was saying, uh, welcome to Central United Methodist Church today. I'm Thomas Smith, senior pastor here at Central, and where it is our mission to follow Jesus by loving God and loving our neighbors. And it is a joy to see you here today, whether you are worshiping with us this morning in person or worshiping with us by radio. Thank you for making Central a part of your day today. On the way in this morning, um, I hope you got a bulletin from one of our ushers. Um, And if you're listening to us by radio at this moment, I would encourage you to visit centralmethodist.net where you can find an online version of our bulletin. And that is uh, both whether it's online or the print bulletin, that's a great way to find some ways to connect with God through Central. Also on the way in, you may have noticed a stack of Bibles on the usher tables. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like one or you know someone who needs a Bible, please take one. That's what they're there for. Some announcements I would lift up to you today. Today at 3 o'clock in uh, the Davis Christian Life Center, we are going to have an introduction to pickleball. Uh, Pickleball is a sport that's sort of sweeping the country or has swept the country and Uh, We've got uh, the people from the Florence Pickleball League that will be here at 3, and it's also going to have some some fellowship time built in, so details in your bulletin, but I encourage you to come out at 3 o'clock for that this afternoon. Also, the Spirit of Central, our annual uh, 4th of July event, is this coming Wednesday from 5.30 to 7 in Davis. There will be dinner and musical entertainment And I do encourage you to register online at centralmethodist.net or through Realm. Some other things coming up in the life of our church. um, A little further down the road, on uh, July 17th, that's a Sunday afternoon at 1.30, our district superintendent and our district lay leader will be giving a talk about the the state of our denomination. That will be at Highland Park United Methodist Church. Our next blood drive is scheduled for July 14th, and you can sign up now. You can sign up online, and there are uh, sign-up sheets in the Commons if you'd like. Also, um, I'd ask you to mark July 10th. That is the pounding date for our new associate pastor, the Reverend Ann Uh Her first Sunday with us is this, a week from today, July 3rd. And the following Sunday, the 10th, we will have a, a pounding for her. That is, a, that is not something violent. That is a welcoming party. But it will be that Sunday afternoon. And I know you'll want to come out and meet her, uh, Ann and, and Andy and their daughters, Gabby and Claire. Also today, during the Sunday school hour at 1015, there will be a meeting in room 164-165, right off the commons. Um, and we're asking that every Sunday school class, every adult Sunday school class, send um, a leader or at least someone from that class to talk about some Sunday school initiatives we've got coming up in the fall. Also, uh, a word, just to, to, it's in the bulletin, but I want to make sure everyone knows that we are ending our radio broadcast uh, beginning August 7th. So whatever the Sunday is before that will be the last one. Um, After a great deal of analysis, we've realized that that is uh, no no longer an effective ministry tool for us, and so we will begin in that broadcast um, at at the end of July. However, we do have some new ways that folks who are not able to be in church will be able to uh, listen to the service, and we'll be sharing those with you in in coming weeks. You can always, of course, tune in to us, um, watch the services on YouTube, Um, A link to which you'll find on the church website. If you try to search on YouTube, you'll realize there's a lot of Central United Methodist churches in the the country. But you can always go to our church website, centralmethodist.net and link to our social media through that. Well, friends, we do gather in the presence of Christ this morning. So let us open ourselves now to Christ's presence as we worship Him in spirit and in truth. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Happy are those whose help is in the God of Jacob.
1: And now, while we are standing, let us say together what we believe. We'll use the Apostles' Creed, found in Selection 881 in your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, everlasting. Amen. Be seated. And I'll invite you to join me in our colic as we pray it and the Lord's Prayer found in your order of worship. O God, you have willed that the gate of mercy should stand open to the faithful. Grant that we, who by your grace are following the path of your will, may never turn aside from the way of life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever, we now pray as your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done Good morning and welcome to Central to worship this morning. Whether you are here in person or joining us over the radio, we are so glad and blessed that you are here. I'm going to ask if you'll take a moment and find that pew pad and write your name down, pass it along, greet your neighbors and say hello to everyone. Definitely, uh, we want you to know that we want you to join us in all the ministries here at Central. We've got a lot going on this week, and if you have any questions or if you want to talk about joining Central, what it means to be a member of this congregation, this church family, um, we want to talk to you. So just contact one of the clergy, give the office a call, or speak to us after the service. We want to sit down and talk with you, definitely. And so now I'm going to share with you our Old Testament lesson from 2 Kings, the second chapter, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 2, and then 6 through 14. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgah. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them, as they were both standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took up his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. The water was parted to the one side and to the other until the two of them crossed on dry land. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha Elisha said, Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, You have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Our epistle lesson is from the fifth chapter of Galatians. I will read verse 1 and then verses 13 through 25. Hear now the word of the Lord For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence. But through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you. As I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit... Let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another, envying one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response to that, our act of praise, is from Psalm 77. You'll find it in selection 798 in your hymnal. And I invite you to stand as you are able. I cry aloud to God, aloud that God may hear me. Today in my trouble I seek the Lord. In the night my hand is stretched out continually. My soul will be
2: used to be
1: I will call to mind the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your wonders of old. Your way, O God, is holy. You are the God who works wonders. You manifested your might among the people's. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid, their very deeps trembled. The 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 crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind, your lightnings illumined the earth. earth Your way was through the sea, your path. Through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. Please be seated. And I'll invite the children up to the chancel rail to join me. Good morning. I'll come to you. I'll come to you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's put it all here. Hi, okay, everybody. Come on down here. <laughs> Too close to girls, huh? <laughs> All right, we'll sit right there. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Good morning. So I'm going to ask you something. Is there something that you get excited about? A birthday party? Uh, maybe, maybe a birthday party. Maybe, um, do y'all ever go to football games or baseball games or basketball? You do? Do you get excited about it? Are you a fan? Like, I'm a big Clemson fan, and I'm just going to say it while I have the opportunity in the mic. <laughs> maybe not. Okay. <laughs> uh, what else do you get excited about? Are you excited about summer vacation? Maybe, playing with your friends, going to the beach the next week. Oh, you're going to go along with her? <laughs> yes, she's your sister, gotcha. <laughs> really nice of you to take her, too. <laughs> Y'all, I'm, I'm glad that there are things that you get excited about. And what we want to do is make sure that you're as excited about God, about learning about Jesus and being a disciple and loving one another, coming to church, and praying, being with one another. We want to make sure you're excited about this, too. These are called spiritual disciplines, and they're good things to help us grow closer and closer to God. So we may not sit in the pews and and chant, Go Tigers! or anything like that. But we do sit in the pews, and we sing together, and we worship God, and this is a place, and the world is a place to get excited about God and share the good news, like other things you're excited about. So we're going to work on that this week and from now on. Okay, let's pray together. Ready? Okay, you don't have to, I'll pray it for you this morning. Dear God, thank you so much for our many blessings, including these children here before us and those listening. Help them, Lord, fill them with the Holy Spirit to be as excited about you, about being in church community and being with one another and sharing the good news as you are about them. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Okay, y'all can go with Miss Jimmy. Have a... Thank you.
0: Please be seated. Our gospel lesson today is from the gospel according to Luke, the ninth chapter, verses 51 through 62. Hear now the word of God. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem and he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds in the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is one of those passages of Scripture that it helps to understand some of the, the symbolism and the illusions that Jesus is making that may be lost on those who hear these words in the 21st century. First, the issue of Jesus going to a Samaritan village where he's rejected. Samaritans were sort of second-class citizens in Jesus' time, but among the reasons that they were considered such is that they did not worship at the temple in Jerusalem. They had a, their own temple, but they believed their worship was the true worship of God. And Jesus was, the gospel tells us, setting his face to Jerusalem, which we'll come and deal with in a minute. But they reject Jesus because of that. And so he goes and he finds someplace else. And as he travels, there are those who say they want to follow him, but they've got other things to do first. One man needs to go bury his father Another wants to say goodbye to his people at home. And Jesus tells them nothing is more important than following him. Rather than trying to read these as uh, Jesus being cold or indifferent, I think rather we should read them as examples of literary hyperbole, which is to say Jesus is using these as teaching moments to say nothing is more important than being his follower. I think... A compassionate Jesus would certainly not want us to leave our loved ones unmourned or our friends and family who we may be leaving for some time to have some words of love and farewell at a time of departure. But Jesus is saying that nothing else in our lives should take priority over being his follower. And here's where the analogy of the plow that Jesus comes in. At the end, Jesus says, no one who sets his hand to the plow should look away. How many of you have ever been driving? And I know none of you do this. You are all very focused when you drive. You leave your phone down. You don't tinker with the radio. You don't eat in the car. You are only worried about driving. But maybe you've heard of someone who was one time driving. And they look over their shoulder. And what happens when you look? The car drifts to the right. Or, of course, if you look it to the left, it might drift to the left. How many times have you been distracted and then you hear those rumble strips on the side of the road reminding, shocking you back to jerk it back straight? It's an issue of focus. The same thing is true. Now, I want you to know I know absolutely nothing about plowing with mules or horses or oxen or whatever they would have used in Bible times. But if you're using an old-timey plow that you hold with two hands that's hitched to a plow animal and you're trying to plow a straight line and Jesus is talking to people who would have, who were agricultural, who would have clearly understood agricultural analogies. But if you're holding that plow and you take your eye off of where you're headed, you turn this way, the plow goes with you. And you get to the end of your row, and your row is not a nice straight row, but it's all crookedy. That's a Bible, that's not a Bible word, that's a Thomas word, crookedy. But it's the same thing as looking over your shoulder while you're driving. You can't farm most effectively. You can't plow most effectively. If you're looking all around while you're plowing, you have to focus on the task at hand, keeping the animal going straight, keeping the plow going straight, keeping your eye on where you're headed and what you're supposed to be doing. Jesus uses this as a a way to unpack, I think, what he said earlier a little bit, about this business about telling a man not to bury his father or another person to say goodbye to the people at home. Jesus is using this imagery of plowing to say to us, we need to be focused on what's most important. We need to be focused on what we're doing because when we lose focus, we head the wrong way. And Jesus is telling us being his follower, which is simply another word for disciple. Being Jesus' disciple is the most important thing. And when we lose focus on being his disciple, that's when we get in trouble. In this morning's lesson, we see Luke's version of Jesus beginning his journey to Jerusalem. The early part of Jesus' ministry had all been in the north of the country, in the area of the Galilee. And in the beginning verses of what I just read, we see Luke tells us, Jesus sets his face toward Jerusalem. A long journey that would end in Jerusalem, but when he arrived in Jerusalem, it would result in his death. And in his resurrection. And Luke leads us to believe that Jesus knows what lies ahead of him. He knows that when he arrives in Jerusalem, a cross awaits him. Yet we are told he's undeterred. He sets his face toward Jerusalem. Just as when we are driving, we need to set our face on the road in front of us. Just as if we're plowing, we need to set our face on the direction our plow is headed and should be headed. Jesus knew his purpose was to reconcile humanity, the entire world, with God through the cross. He knew his purpose, his mission, was to die our death and then rise victorious from the grave three days later. He knew that's what lay ahead of him. He set his face to that he was focused on his mission and he would not be deterred and it's that being deterred from mission that is at the heart of these verses think about those words Jesus was ready to go he set his face straight ahead and he went God had been getting Jesus ready for what was to to happen That is what it means for Jesus to set his face. It means he was focused on his goal and nothing would distract him. But it's easy to be distracted. Some of us more than others. But it's easy to be distracted even when we have important tasks ahead of us. Basically, Jesus' mind is set already on where he's ultimately headed. He knows, even as he's teaching, even as he's traveling, every step that brings him closer to Jerusalem, he knows not just his physical destination, the city of Jerusalem, but he knows the spiritual destination as well. Which causes us to ask ourselves, what do we set our faces on? What do we allow to influence how we live our lives each day? Over a hundred years ago, well, about a hundred years ago now, Italian composer Giacomo Piccini wrote a number of famous operas. And in 1922, he was suddenly stricken with cancer. And he was, he was diagnosed while he was working on his last opera. Turandot. Don, if I said that wrong, tell me after worship. Many consider Turandot to be his best opera. And Puccini said to his students, if I don't finish Turandot before I'm illness or death keeps me from finishing it, I want you to finish the opera for me. Shortly after he died, Puccini's students... Studied, got gathered. They studied the opera carefully. They saw what their teacher had been doing and they finished the work. And in 1926, there was the world premiere of Turandot, which was performed in Milan with Pacini's favorite student, Arturo Toscanini, directing. Everything went beautifully until the opera reached the point where Pacini's illness had forced him to put down his pen. Tears appeared on Toscanini's face. He stopped the music. He put down his baton. And he turned around and he faced the audience and he cried out, Thus far the master wrote, but he died. Silence filled the opera house. There was an eeriness even in the air. After he let that silence set for a moment, Toscanini picked up the baton again. He smiled through his tears and he exclaimed, but his disciples have finished his work. Then Toscanini turned back around and they finished the opera. When Turandot ended, the crowd broke into thunderous applause. No one... At that premier ever forgot that moment. Isn't that something approaching our relationship with Jesus? Our master began a work. Our teacher, Jesus, began a work. And we are called like him to set our faces on that work and continue what he started. And what is that work? During his physical time on earth, Jesus was God's presence with humanity. Jesus' work was God's work. Ultimately, that saving, world-changing work manifested itself in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And through the Holy Spirit, Jesus is still with us here and now, here in the world. But we... The church are Jesus' continued physical presence in the world. We are called to continue the work. At Central, we have a statement that helps us sum up how we go about that work, where we're told it is where we say that we follow Jesus by loving God and loving our neighbors. Remember how these verses started with people wanting to know how to follow Jesus? What we should set our faces on. There we have our our, we have, as we understand it here in Florence, our marching orders to follow God by loving Jesus and loving our neighbors. That is how we are disciples. That is the work Jesus began, and we, His followers, are called to finish. And that can be a hard thing to do. I think it worth acknowledging that. We've had some tumultuous events in our national life over the last few days, and I think it would be a disservice to the church's witness if I were to try and tackle those things in the context of a sermon today. But I'm reminded that whatever else happens around us, if we do our dead-level best to set our eyes on Jesus and our mission. To follow Jesus by loving God and loving our neighbors, we cannot go wrong. We must ask ourselves if our actions are motivated by the love of God. We must ask ourselves if our words are motivated by the love of God. Or do we allow ourselves all too easily to be distracted? We must ask ourselves if we set our hand to the plow, but then ceased to focus on the work. In your daily lives, friends, are we focused on God? Are we focused on how God can work in our lives? Are we focused on how God can work through us to continue the ministry of Jesus? Let us be open and honest with ourselves and ask ourselves what is distracting us and on what should we set our face. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Join me as I pray. Holy Spirit, come and fill each of us. Fill us with a desire to love one another as Jesus has loved us. Fill us with a desire to listen compassionately, to work for justice, respect one another, and hear each other with loving ears, especially the hurt and the concerns of all. Strengthen within us a resolve to move closer to you, closer to the persons we have been created to be, so that we can work together to share the gospel and to be a part of the transformation of this world into your kingdom. Lord, today we ask that you bless and comfort those who need your healing, of body, of mind, or of soul. And we ask that you bless the hands and minds of every person who reaches out in love to their neighbor. Lord, we ask that you be with our clergy families this week. As those families uproot and enjoy new faith communities to serve in fresh ways, Help us appreciate those who say goodbye and warmly welcome those who join us in our midst. For special blessings, we ask for the catten heads and the Kovans as they seek to be faithful to their calls. And Lord, we ask that you renew in us a desire and commitment to fellowship with one another, to set our faces toward you. Bless this community and thank you for your love. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. And now as we take these moments to intentionally offer ourselves as a response to God and God's love, I'll invite our ushers to come forward. Almighty God, we give thanks for the many blessings that you have provided for us, and we ask that you bless these offerings of ourselves and our gifts to your service. In the name of Christ, we pray.
0: Amen. I invite you to remain standing for the benediction. Now may the love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you forevermore. Amen.